Welcome back to episode number 146 of The NP Dude. This is Jeff, The NP Dude, and I'm giving you guys all a chance for you to be heard. That's what I'm doing. I want you guys to know that if you have a question, a burning desire for some knowledge, and I don't know it, or you don't know it, you email me, jeff at the npdude.com. I'm going to help you analyze it with a medical legal background, but I'm also going to admit, if I don't know something, I'm going to say, I don't know. I don't know. Sometimes I don't know. But I'll get it out there to the ether, and we'll get it as a topic discussion, and uh, post it to the Facebook forums. You'll get 100 opinions, I guarantee it. It's a lot of fun watching some of them. Sometimes it just burns me out. I don't want to hear any more of it. Sometimes I'm like, I'm done. I can't do any more Facebook. It's a black hole of waste of time sometimes. Um, we got a lot going on. I want to just first and foremost let you guys know you guys can support the show a couple different ways. You can um, You can tell your friends... You guys know this, right? You can tell your friends at school, there's this wacky guy. He talks about legal issues and the hot topics in NP world. Um, not practice-related because there's a ton of those out there. And to be honest with you, it's silliness for me. I'm not good at that. I would have to prepare a laundry list of things and have it all available and sit down with a microphone to do that. That's not what I do. I, I do this in my car. I'm talking to my buddies. I'm talking to friends I've made across the country and uh, providing my insight on, on, on how things should go or, or um, are in some cases. Sometimes I know exactly what it is. All right. The other way you can support the show is you can uh, use the Amazon affiliate. You click on the Amazon link um, in the uh, the the thread for my blog or you can go to the bottom of the page or to the side of the page depends on if you're a full browser and click on the amazon banner some of you guys out there if you want to be repeat offenders and use the amazon affiliate link over and over again which i love you chronic intractables you what you can do is just copy and paste that link and save it to your um save it to your favorites and that way you can just click that link it takes you right through and i'll get credit for that what it does is it goes to amazon you do your purchasing it gives me a small percentage of what you purchase but it doesn't cost you anything more awesome love it okay you can also use the donate button i get occasional donates and i do appreciate you guys doing that some people just like i don't want to buy anything i don't need to buy anything and i'm not going to give jeff you know go buy something just to give jeff a couple bucks i'd rather just give him the couple bucks i'm cool with it that might be a better way for you. I don't know. You can use that. You got to have a PayPal set up to do that. Another way, you can use me in Ohio as your contract reviewer. I am a licensed attorney in the state of Ohio, and uh, I've done a lot of contract reviews for APRNs. Um, I've done a lot of contracts in general, not just for this, for land uh, deals, um, large construction projects. Um, service agreements, stuff like that. So not necessarily out of my wheelhouse, even before I became an APRN. But now I have a particular skill. I can help you guys, and I'm dirt cheap. So I'll help you guys if you need help. Just email me, jeff at thenpdude.com, or you can catch me on Facebook and give me a PM there too. Okay. First and foremost, I want to thank all the people in the CMPC group. Um, we um, at the, AP, the uh, ACCNP the American College of Clinical Nurse Practitioners received a letter from the AAMP basically saying cease and desist. It's posted on the ACCN.org website. It's only going to be up for a brief period of time. Um, we've been threatened with litigation and uh, because we're using a name too similar to AANP, I think they're completely full of hooey and there's another reason of why they want to shut us down. Whether it's truly for... Um, 
um, you know, unfair competition reasons, and they just don't, they're afraid of, of us taking their market share, which is silly because we send people to them, um, and we've been nothing but promoting them, and half of the people on the Facebook group have said, well, I was going to give them my money this year, but not now. Well, that wasn't our fault. That was their fault. AAMP's fault, not ours. We are not telling pay people to do that. We're not directing them to us. We're not doing anything. We're just saying, here's the facts of what's happened to the ACCNP. And as of, you know, early September, we're going to switch the website over. It'll still be there, but we're going to link it to the, the CNPC Facebook group. And uh, we'll just let it sit there. And uh, we'll come up with another plan. We, we probably will make another organization under a different name. And if they want to shut us down, they can shut us down. They got the, they got the money to do it. We can't fight it. They shut us down again. We'll just pop back up with a new name over and over and over again. So AANP, if you're listening, I don't understand what you're doing. It's just making you look bad. Um, we're trying to help you with improving clinical education and admissions criteria through the CCNE. And in theory, the CCNE, the ACN... Okay, and the AANP are all three different organizations in theory. So I don't know what the deal is here, guys. AANP, do you want to explain? You're welcome to call us. You can email us, admin at accnp.org, and we'll give you a phone number. We'll have a conference call and figure out why you want to be this way because we're trying to help you guys. I don't get it. It doesn't make sense to me. So um, that's the first and foremost. It's not the end of the world for us. It just doubles down most of our resolve to... to do the right thing. We must be doing something right if people want to shut us down in the current uh, quote-unquote leadership. So, um, you know, there's there's options. So I, I've had somebody say this to me once. Jeff, why don't you just work with an AAMP to try to make positive change? And my answer was, I don't think there is a way to make a positive change through AAMP. Not in the education world, because over, you know, if you look at the number of fellows, go look up the fellows for um, AAMP and look at where they work. Almost all of them work for universities and institutions of higher learning. So I don't know if we're going to be able to make a positive, effective change through them to do that. So if we have to do it outside of them, we were, we were trying to be... There, there's, no, there's no plan through AAMP about improvement of education. Their plan right now was to send in a mass marketing campaign to beg people that are members of AAMP to be a preceptor. That's their plan. And so to be perfectly blunt and perfectly honest, I think that's a poor plan. Just because I don't agree with that plan doesn't mean that I don't support AANP. I think they do great work with, with uh, supporting the, uh, um, the, the lobbying effort in Washington at a national level. And um, I think they were instrumental in helping with the VA decision that was made a year and a half ago. I, I give the, the leadership some credit here for this. I, I think they are doing a good job on most things. But there's some things I think they're really, really just allowing to happen, and they shouldn't. They should just step up and fix this. They should be putting pressure on CCNE and ACN. I just, they shouldn't be treated as one organization. They're three. Now, CCNE is an arm of AACN, so I get that. It's their certifying body, and I get that. But it still should be an independent, independent issue, right? It's independent, completely independent. And look at, then you got NONF. Well, those are the educators again. So, I mean, who are the leaders of the of the NP world? It seems like it's all educators. And we're outsiders trying to fix education. So, we're going to get pushed back. I'm cool with it. You don't get pushed back, that's fine. 
it just makes you look look desperate and silly, and um, it's going to hurt your membership down the line uh, if you continue that. I, and I'm not promoting to do that. I'm not telling anybody to do that. We're just presenting the facts, and they're making their own decisions. So there's that. All right. So no more joining ACCNP for right now. The membership is down. We'll uh, reformulate a new new group. Um, you'll be well aware if you want to join the CNPC Facebook group. That is not. Um, that's in the public domain. If they try to trademark that, we had first in time. Sorry, it's documented on the internets. So if you want to try to steal that name, go for it. But you ain't going to go anywhere, and we won't use that name because we're not going to use that name. So that that name's safe. So you can go to the CNPC Facebook group, and um, that's the clinical, ner- clinical nurse practitioners or clinical NPs for change group if you want to be a part of the movement to inc- improve uh, education. All right, enough on that because that's... I really didn't want to talk about that, but I felt compelled to tell the people that do listen to my show that have heard me say ACCNP and have looked it up and contemplated joining um, why things aren't working on the website. Okay, there's that. Frustrating. I'm, I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna say I wasn't disappointed when I saw it. I was more sad. I wasn't angry as much as I was just like, really, what did they get? Why are they doing that? And then, you know, I mean, I know I'm, I'm, the, I'm a pragmatic, pragmatic individual. I know what they're doing. And I think most people could speculate why they're doing it, but they never once called us, never once emailed us. We reached out to the, the, to the president-elect and said, congratulations, we look forward to working with you in the future. We want to be, a, be able to help you in your role. We want to work with you. Um, we could be a, you know, an, an effective partner to, to get things done because we've proven in a short period of time we can get things done. As evidenced by Shea Sawyer pushing through and us picking the ball up and rolling with it, the um, CCNE standards that now mandate that you have to have a um, clinical site through your school. Congratulations. Right? Congratulations, all you new people. Now, whether they follow through with it or not is a different story. We'll figure that one out later. But for right now, it's in their standards that they have to provide the uh, clinical opportunity. may not be ideal, but at least it's something. At least you can graduate. So there's that. And if that thins out some schools, it thins out some schools. Because guess what? If you go to a college, to a university that says, oh, yeah, we'll get you we'll get you through this. It's a great program, blah, blah, blah. And you can't find a clinical site and you have to keep paying and paying and paying for repeat semester after semester and eventually start taking classes ever again. Wouldn't you rather have had that school not exist in the first place? Because it didn't do its job anyways. Most of the most of the programs out there are decent. Most of them are decent, but there's some some repeat offenders. You can go to the Department of Education's website, and you can look up those that have low uh, completion rates. And I'm not bashing on online, because everybody's going to say, well, yeah, I went to an online, and it was great. Okay, it was probably okay. The problem is this. Online has the capability to have an infinite number of seats in their class. And the highest number I've heard was like 740-some seats in one class. And somebody said 7,000 students in one semester in an online program. Because it has that, uh, that ability. And that's awesome that there's that, that ability. But when there's not enough clinical placement for it, you guess what? You, you're not going to pass these people. They're not going to... And then when they switch to a different NP program, they don't have to report those. So these are vastly underreported. Or if you just drop out because, oh, well, I can't do it anymore. One of the questions they do not ask is, did you drop out because you couldn't find a clinical site? 
That would be a very important question that the Department of Education's uh, reporting should should have to to uh, provide data on, and they don't have to provide that. And you wonder why? Because they don't have to. They, then they have to actually do their job, either provide seven thousand clinical sites that year um, times three, or they go out of business because they're pumping people through. I'd rather have them go out of business. Sorry. You shouldn't be able to take advantage of nurse practitioners or nursing students in general. That's what frustrates me about this. That's a big part of it. All right. Question came in. This is a while ago, guys. And I actually recorded a show, but I had some other stuff in there that I didn't want to publish. So I, I, we, I peeled it out and deleted it. That's one of the only times I've ever deleted any show. Usually what you get is what you get. And that's what I publish. So good, bad, or indifferent, you get what you get. This one uh, came in about, I don't know, two or three weeks ago when I was on vacation, and it was a question about recruiters, and it was, um, how do you work with recruiter? Is there any value to it? Do you feel that this is a good way to find a job? Blah, 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 blah. How does it work? That kind of stuff. Ooh, there's a cop. Yeah, he's not turning around. So the, the question about recruiters is really depends. It depends on the circumstances and the situation. In my previous life, I've dealt with recruiters, but it was more because there was a lack of, of employees in a specific skill. So when it's that situation, the employer will typically pay the headhunter fees, and it's usually a percentage of the salary of the individual. That's not the way with NPs, though. When, when an NP gets brought to the table, it's more they're trying to, there's a surplus of NPs, and they're trying to find employers for the NPs. So the goal there is they bring you to the table and they get a commission based upon how low your salary is. So it depends upon the surplus and demand. And if there's high surplus of, of, a, of a profession, you're probably going get, to get screwed on salary. You're gonna, they're going to negotiate low. Oh yeah, $82,000 a year. That's the max you're going to get here. And that's maybe a line of crap because you might walk into the door and they might say, you know, I would have paid you a hundred grand, but I got to pay this recruiter because we couldn't find the right person. But you know, because there's so many of you guys out there, we got to find the right one. So, it, and, and even then they're probably going to pay less because there's a surplus, right? Supply demand rules apply here. So it depends on where you are on the side of things. Right now, you're probably going to get screwed as a hiring recruiter. You're not going to get the best deal you could get. If you walked into the front door of a practice and said, I want to work for you. And they said, yeah, I want you to work here. Or you went through a recruiter. The recruiter is going to get a cut and it's going to be based upon how good they did for the employer, not the employee. So even though they quote unquote work for you, they really don't. They're probably going to go to the employer first, have them sign an agreement that says, if I bring you someone to the table, I'm going to get, you know, five grand or 10 grand. <laughs> Sorry, sneezy. And then they'll, they'll get paid through the employer and they, you know, if, you know, if they bring you in at such and such a rate, then they'll get a bonus based upon how low it is. Neg negating the fact about the salary. Do I think using a recruiter is a valuable resource? I don't know if I do. I, I mean, I, I've signed up for every recruiting service when I was looking for a job just to see what they could do. And the value to it was more headache than it was worth. It was it was just people that didn't understand what we do, uh, calling all the time. They hound you. They bug you. You get emails, smatherings of all these jobs all over the country that maybe you're not really even remotely interested in. You tell them, I'm looking for a job in this specific city. 
and I'm getting stuff from Oregon and California and this for months. And it's like, okay, you didn't even listen to me. So why should you even get paid anything? You didn't do anything. So it puts you like sorting through all this garbage anyways. Now, when you have a recruiter, what they often will do is they'll find a job posting that was posted through Indeed or Monster or on a website somewhere, some some job board. And what they'll do is they'll take the information from that, sometimes just copy and paste it. It's obvious that it's the same job. But what they'll do is they'll copy and paste and then tweak it a little bit, get rid of any identifying characteristics to the actual owner or employer, and then they'll post the job again through them as though they already have that listed as their one of their potential um, jobs through their agency, their, their recruiting agency. And it's a kind of a scam, right? Because you, you'll look and say, Oh wow, there's a lot of jobs out there. But then when you start looking at the, the descriptions of the jobs, you can kind of say, well, that's probably the same job. And if you see the same jobs popping up over and over again, and there's ones unfilled on Indeed and Monster that nobody really wants, a lot of times it's those jobs posted through these recruiters. So it can give this false sense of, oh, wow, there's 37 jobs that were posted for NPs in the Akron-Canton area of Ohio. Well, maybe there isn't. There's a lot of duplication there. So, And, and they're the jobs that typically, if it's being posted on Indeed or Monster, it's typically a job that people are passing up because that practice doesn't have the connections to go word of mouth to get somebody good. And that's a bad sign. I don't know if I want to work there. Now, if you don't have any opportunities at all, and the only thing you have is a recruiter coming to the table, you talk to them and you take the job. You get your experience. You got to do what you got to do. I wouldn't shame anybody for doing that. But I'm just saying that that wouldn't be the first place that I go as a recruiter. I would, I would use word of mouth and, um, I mean, you could do them, you know, contemporaneously at the same time. You could, you could talk to the, um, the recruiter and start doing your, you know, pounding the pavement and finding your own job. The problem is, is that if you sign an agreement with the recruiter that they're representing you, and then you happen to stumble into a practice that you want to work at, that they've signed an agreement with that recruiter that, that then you're kind of screwed. But if you go find your own job, you just go find your own job. You say, no, thanks. You didn't do anything for me. I got my own work. They can't stop you from working. But if they've got an agreement with that practice, they may say, you know what? You, you needed to go through us and the, the owner of the practice needs to pay them. And so either they pay out or you, you may, may have an injunction against you, depending on what the agreement says. Or an injunction against the owner of the, of the practice. They may not want to want to go down that road. It might just be too much of a headache for them. So... Recruiters, eh, on a, on a rating scale, on a pain scale of 1 to 10, I think they're about a 7.5, a pin in the pooper, all right? So I, I wouldn't bother with it unless I absolutely had to. So there's my take on recruiters. All right, the last thing I'm going to do real quick because I'm almost at work is um, there was some Facebook threads a couple weeks ago, and I wanted to talk about it again because I just get so frustrated. The um, DNP is clinical, and... Um, it was a comment that said, does, does the, um, and I, I spent so long, I can't remember exactly the wording of it, but it was something like this. Should the DMP have more clinical hours to it? And half the people said no, and the other half the people said yeah, or actually probably more than half said yeah. Um, most of the people said yeah, actually, that, that they, they're starving for clinical hours and clinical experience and knowledge. And um, I don't understand why the schools just don't do it. Just freaking do it. You'll get more money. Someone in schools in an educator's world, if you were to improve education, you know what it would mean? More time, 
more money for you. People are starving for knowledge. And you guys are saying, oh, no, 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 we only need 600 hours. Actually, you only need 500 in some NP programs, but 640 or whatever it is based upon, or 680 for uh, multiple um, age ranges per the consensus model. The, the problem is, is that the schools don't recognize us. I don't understand. I mean, from purely, purely from a business standpoint, what we're proposing through the CNPC, notice I'm not using the ACCNP anymore, the, the um, CNPC group is to, incru- to increase education. And that we're getting pushback from educators. And I'm sitting there thinking to myself, ding-dongs, you'll make more money. You may have less people, but you'll make more money per patient or per, per student. Significantly more money per student. And people will be willing to pay it because you're going to improve it. I don't understand that. They want to do online mass market. They want to do Walmart theory. Like we're going to sell a billion widgets for almost nothing. And we'll make some money off of it. What they should do is they should say, you know what, we're not going to pump through as many people, but we're going to improve the quality and the duration of your education. You bet your sweet bippy they're going to make more money and they're going to have higher credibility. And guess what? Full practice will be a snap everywhere in the country. The biggest detractor to full practice is that we don't have enough clinical hours. That's the, In every article that you see from every medical journal, everything. I just read one this morning that was in the American uh, uh, Journal of Medicine or whatever it is. And... Um, and it was a, a repost of, of on the CMPC Facebook group. And somebody reposted it. And said, what do you guys think of this? I, I kind of agree. We need more clinical hours. That's the that's the argument. So get more clinical hours. Oh, we need a post-master's residency or a post-doctoral residency. That might be okay, but there's no standardization to that. So there's no guarantee that's, that's better. To me, that sounds like you're just going to work like you would have worked anyways. And somebody's going to pay you less money for it. That sounds like a scam. It sounds more scammy to me. I'd rather pay, you're, you're paying for the education. It's time to make them deliver. Instead of just making us do online posts and do stupid research projects that have zero practical, practical impact, it's time for all the students out there to say, we are demanding you provide our clinical sites. Go look at these, the 2018 standards from the CCNE and the, um, the, the, that are to be implemented in January of 2019 it's time for them to fix this it's crazy we need to stop the hemorrhaging improve quality of education improve admissions criteria i truly believe would be the best thing right off the bat you wouldn't have to do anything different other than say yes or no to different people instead of saying yes to everybody oh you're breathing and you got a 3.0 gpa yeah okay you got a letter of recommendation didn't even read it yeah you're in all right let's do this thing you can start and fall that's crazy I think we need to increase the GPA requirement for entrance. I think we have, we need to um, institute a nationalized, standardized um, GRE, that it's everybody's got to take the GRE. And not so much that, that the score is the issue, it's the fact that they took the ambition, they had enough ambition to go take the damn thing. Do they really want to do this, or are they just doing it because it's this next step, and they can get student loans to pay for it? No, well, after 10 years, I can just stop paying on it. And they got all these fallacies. Oh, I'll just get loan repayment from from uh, an institution that will pay me back. I'll get it paid for later. I won't worry about it. And that's a crock of crap, too, because most of them cannot, and you end up paying student loans payments over and over and over again. So, anyways, guys, I'm in the parking lot. That means what? We're done. We're done here. 
All right, guys, if you have questions, you have comments, you want to throw me a, a future show topic, I want to hear from you guys. You guys email me, jeff at the npdude.com. Don't for, forget to support the show. And um, we'll talk soon, guys. Be smart. Be safe.